the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave Well, he did it again. He outpitched our expectations. Of course, talking about one Edinson Volquez, who's been doing this all year long. And Eddie goes six more. Beautiful innings. Six scoreless innings and leads the Royals to a very important one nothing ALCS lead over Toronto. As it's Davo, glad you're along for another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation, where we will go over tomorrow's very intriguing pitching matchup here in a couple of minutes. Jordano Ventura and David Price we discuss coming up, but we begin tonight with Edinson Volquez, who is our obvious player of the game. And a guy, like I said, who's been outperforming expectations all season long. Nobody saw him throw in 200 innings for the first time in his career this year. Nobody saw a guy who mainly anchored the starting rotation for the Royals, especially in the first half. You know, Chris Young came on strong during that time as well as Ventura and Duffy struggled early on and Guthrie as well. But, you know, all season long, Volquez has been steady. Steady Eddie, they call him. And once again tonight, how about an even whip of one against what most believe is the best offense in baseball, one of the most feared offenses, although I would argue that Houston scares me more than Toronto as far as the Royals go, just because they can do more things with putting the bat and the ball a little more athletic than Toronto. Maybe not quite the power, but similar tough one through fives in both orders, one through six when you consider Tulo, who's, by the way, overdue for a big game. Hopefully it doesn't happen until next April. But, yeah, six scoreless innings for Volquez. Just two hits, he walks four, and he Ks five. So nearly a K per inning and exactly six base runners, a whip of one tonight. And there was a lot of things tonight, two main things, and we discussed this, you know, last game with Johnny Cueto, how the velocity was up two miles an hour consistently. Volquez has seen a sharp increase in velocity over his last handful of starts. Did it again. Consistently sat at 94 tonight with the fastball, getting up to 95 and 96 semi-consistently. So 94, 95, 96 a good majority of the night. Add in that knuckle curve he throws up there, changing speeds beautifully. And the second thing was living on the outside. And you heard Salvador Perez and Edinson Volquez both talk about it after the game. You know, coming in from the bullpen, they decided, hey, you know, Salvi said, what do you think about going outside tonight against these guys? You feel good, low and away? And Eddie said, why not? Let's do it. And they did. Almost like they trick Toronto, who crowds the plate, looks for the ball over the middle to the outside corner of the plate so they can pull everything. It's almost like they tricked them. Played some mind games, which will open up even more when Volquez goes again, if he does, in Game 5, which, of course, most likely he will. I've got the Royals winning this series in 6, so I believe there will be a 5th game, and a 6th game for that matter. But Volquez, I mean, what a game. And the biggest inning we got to talk about is that 6th inning, obviously. Nearly 30 minutes? 37 pitches. Volquez kind of slowed the, the pace of the game to a crawl in that sixth inning and, and got his pitch total up to an even 111, 111 for the game for Volquez. And the sixth inning began with the dreaded leadoff walk to Josh Donaldson. Not good. Another walk to Jose Bautista. That's not the way you want to start. But then Volquez bears down. Four-pitch strikeout to Edwin Encarnacion, who gets the backwards K and then comes out of the game a bit later with a finger-slash-knuckle issue. 
We shall see if he's available tomorrow afternoon. Uh, you know, a big loss, not a huge loss, because the Jays do have guys like Justin Smoke and Russell Martin as guys that can move around if they wanted to and get in the lineup. Probably Smoke, obviously. But, I mean, it's a loss, but it's not, it's not as big of a loss as you might think because Smoke is still having a pretty darn good year with the power numbers, although not nearly, obviously, as feared as Encarnacion. But, yeah, four pitches, and he gets him out. So one out first and second. Yeah, and, by the way, you've got – with this going on, you've got Kelvin Herrera warming up in the back, you know, the, the backdrop. So you're thinking to yourself, uh, I know I thought when it was first and second, nobody out. And Herrera had been hot there. You had Dave Island go out. Could have delayed a bit more. They could have taken uh, Volquez out of the game right there. And I thought it would have been the right move at the time. But Ned Yost is correct. Ned Yost so often sticks with his veteran players, believes in his players, and it continues to pay off at a high alarming rate, especially over the last year to year and a half from sticking with guys like Moose through horrid slumps. I mean, you go on and on. Ventura, on and on and on. We could talk about seven or eight different guys, core players in this team. Letting Escobar hit two or three years ago when everyone thought they should pinch hit for him. You know, all these different things that Ned has done. Give him some credit. He stuck with them. I was wrong. Ned was right tonight. I would have pulled, at that point, Volquez and went and got Herrera. But strikes out Encarnacion on four pitches. Then a battle with Chris Colabello, who lines out to Alex Gordon on eight pitches. And then the final encore of that sixth inning. Troy Tulowitzki, who is overdue for a big game, by the way. Hopefully not until next April, like I keep saying. But seven pitches, and Edinson gets him looking to get out of that inning with Kelvin throwing behind. Volquez says, I don't need you. I'm getting through six. And he did. And again, I talk about exceeding expectations at the top today of our program here. And all year we've seen that from Volquez again tonight. The goal tonight was six innings, two runs. That was the goal. Six innings, three runs, you probably would have taken two. But Edison goes six innings, no runs. And just nice to see him battle through that sixth inning. It's kind of been the Jekyll and Hyde inning. You know, that fifth going into the sixth for Edinson. So many times this year we've seen him throw three, four really good sterling frames, and then he gets roughed up in that fifth or sixth. Tonight was able to get through it. So a credit to Volquez, who pitched one of the biggest games of his career tonight. Huge night for the Royals to get this win. Huge. Especially with games three, four, and five in Toronto. You win tomorrow, and then you firmly seal home field up. You know, he goes back to one and one. Well, Toronto has a slight edge at that point, having the next three up in Toronto. You get a win tomorrow, man, you're looking good. And we'll talk about that here in a second. Let's get to the rest of the bullpen and get to the offense first, though. Uh, Calvin Herrera does come in for the seventh inning. Nine pitches, nine strikes. You kidding me? Two Ks. What else is new? Herrera's been nails forever now. Matt's a guy who's been uh, a bit hit or miss during the postseason this year couple of rough outings against Houston, namely in that game four. He does allow a walk and a hit, but tosses a scoreless eighth inning. So nice job by Ryan. And then Luke Hochaver comes in after the Royals extend the lead uh, with the big capping of the scoring by the Eric Hosmer, a big double off the wall. Uh, that frame, getting two spot there in the eighth inning. Hochaver is able to come in and pitch a scoreless ninth. Four hitters after the E5 from Moose. So a perfect, essentially, inning from Luke Hochaver out of the pen. And just a great night for Royals pitching. Holding Toronto down. And offensively, I put a little smiley face on my scorecard tonight. 
zero walks, and I put a smiley face because I'm happy because the Royals won and they had good at bats. It's kind of funny that they got no walks, but but they actually with even with getting no walks, there were some great at bats, and there was a lot of first pitch swinging, which of course is not going to be conducive to walks. You but you know two opposite field doubles, first pitch swinging from Escobar, a big home run, uh, you know from Salvi. Uh, there was I mean no walks for the game from the Royals, but they do get. Three runs and six hits off of Marco Estrada in five and a third. So a pretty nice job from the Royals off of a guy whose stuff is not going to blow you away. but just keeps getting guys out over the last dozen starts or so. But three runs and six hits the Royals get off of Estrada in five and a third. And like I said, good at bats. And to me, it's been good at bats since about the fourth or fifth inning of game two against Houston. Ever since then, the Royals have had good at bats up and down the order. They really have. And when they're swinging early... The majority of the time, good things are happening to the Royals, at least at a good enough rate where you can justify it. And big nights for Alcides, as I already mentioned, who also gets a couple of runs scored and an RBI to go along with a two doubles. Salvador Perez, the big solo shot, his third of the postseason there in the fourth. And then you also had, as mentioned, the Hosmer double. Alex Gordon, another big double. And both teams struggled with runners in scoring position and leaving guys on bases, mainly Toronto. Toronto 0 for 7 risk-wise. They left 9 on base, but the Royals left 4 on base and were just 3 for 12. You know, there were some times Escobar gets that leadoff double, stands there at second. We would have liked to have seen the Royals move him to third and get him home there in that first inning. Ends up just standing there at second base. I mean, there were some, the Royals were not flawless tonight. No walks, three for 12 with a wrist, four left on base, but good enough. And it was a pretty good a pretty good night for the Royals. And give Estrada some credit, he'd been a good pitcher this year. So the Royals did a nice job with him tonight, I thought. Just good quality at bats throughout the postseason. It's so exciting to see and so much fun. And speaking of fun, David Price, Jordano Ventura tomorrow. So you look at Price, 9-1, 2-3-0 since going over to Toronto. Although not good in the postseason, but Ventura thirteen and eight this year with the four oh eight. Looking at the postseason now, lifetime. If you're wondering, David Price still winless, zero and six, and a five two three ERA. So Price has not been good going into October as the month progresses. This year versus the Royals, though, Price has been good, as he has throughout his big league career. This year, a 2.93 ERA in the two starts. And speaking of two starts and two outings, that's what Price has had this offseason, or this playoffs, I mean. One start and one relief outing during the playoffs this year for Price, if you're wondering. Ten innings, a 7-2-0 with seven Ks. So not good this postseason so far either. Should be a very interesting matchup. I want to see the Royals opposite field him to death tomorrow. Wait him out. We know the Royals have a big edge when it comes to bullpens in this series. You know, Price is not going to go 120 pitches tomorrow after pitching in relief in game four. He's good for 100, but the Royals, if they can wait him out, have some more good at bats, take him the opposite way, slice some singles and doubles in there, maybe get the running game going a hair, find a way to push across three runs in six or six-plus innings off a of price. I would take that because I feel Ventura will be pretty good tomorrow. Though you know Toronto's going to try to get in his head tomorrow, right? That's got to be part of their game plan. Talk some trash, crowd the plate, maybe get hit by one, raise a stink, try to get in his head. You know that's coming tomorrow. You have to believe that at least, right? Ventura, by the way, to me, this kind of blew me away. Does this seem possible he's already making his seventh career postseason start? I mean, mean, obviously it is possible. You think back and you can remember all of them, but kind of surprising when you hear that. You know, seven career postseason starts as of tomorrow for Ventura. 
And this year, very similar numbers to David Price. Price, like I said, had the ERA of 7-2-0 this year in the postseason. Ventura, 7-7-1 so far this year. Granted, does have 10 Ks in the seven innings, so striking out at a higher rate guys than Price is. But you've seen the, the rain delay, shortened outing of two innings, three runs in game one against Houston, and in game four, that improbable comeback, five innings, three runs. For the year, if you're wondering, only one outing for Ventura against Toronto. That came back on August 1st at Rogers Center. Seven innings, five runs on six hits. So the Blue Jays did hit Ventura pretty well back on August the 1st. So looking at tomorrow, looking at the series, like I said, I like the Royals in six in this series, as I've been saying, and I like them tomorrow. I like the Royals to get it done and get one game in Toronto and then come, you know, come home and finish it off in game six. I like the Royals tomorrow. I, I just feel like Ventura will step it up again tomorrow, and it's more of a gut feeling. We haven't seen, and granted, David Price, we've not seen him at his capable form so far in this year's playoffs. Same with Ventura, though. But the difference to me with Price is, is he right right now? Why Isn't it a little odd that they skipped his last start when the Blue Jays were going for postseason, had him go to extend it and throw against Troy Tulowitzki and go to the minor league complex? It just seemed kind of odd to me that they would have David Price skip a postseason or a, you know, a, a, a regular season start there. Even if you're looking to throw him 60 or 70 pitches, why would you send him away to the minor leagues? It seemed odd to me. Why would you bring him out of the bullpen? Something's not quite adding up there. I feel like he's ripe for the plucking. I feel like the Royals will hit him tomorrow. I think they will find a way to get three, four runs off of him, and I think they will find a way to win this game tomorrow. Five to two, five to three, six to one, six to two, something like that. Similar game to tonight, except Toronto scores a hair more. But I love Ventura tomorrow. I do against this lineup. Uh, Encarnacion not being in there, if he's not, will help a bit. And Ventura, hopefully the guy we, we know is there, the, the guy we saw in Game 6 of the World Series. And I thought he was damn good, by the way, in Game 4 against Houston. The, the line's not sexy. By the way, I loved Edinson Volkes saying he felt sexy today in tonight's press conference. But the line wasn't sexy for Ventura in Game number 4 against Houston. But he pitched pretty well. And I think we'll see that again against Toronto, pitching at home. I think the Royals will find a way to get some runs and get something going against David Price. I like the Royals to win again tomorrow. And we'll have it for you again. It'll be late tomorrow evening. Have some plans after the game. We'll be back with you again late tomorrow night on Clubhouse Conversation. Until then, let's keep it going. Let's see the Royals get this game. It is a big game. You don't want to lose tomorrow and have to win one in Toronto. I mean, I believe the Royals will win at least one game in Toronto. I'm not saying they won't or can't. But you'd like to at least have that in the back of your head that, okay, we're up 2 nothing. Even if we get swept up here in Toronto, we still come home with a chance to win this. But you win tomorrow. And get one in Toronto, and you are absolutely golden. Lose tomorrow, I'm going to want two in Toronto. I want to come home ahead three to two, however it works out. But we'll talk more about that again. Have a great night. Go Royals!